Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Coming to you on a Sunday evening after a day of football. We're going to talk uh, Texas Tech's bowl bid. They're going to the Texas Bowl. We're going to talk last Wednesday's uh, Texas Tech basketball game against Nichols. I'll give you my thoughts kind of just on the bowl um, season in general. And then we're going to finish up with the Chiefs and Cowboys. Finally, viewer questions. And then the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it. Um, Texas Tech Found out where they were going last Sunday. They are going to be playing in the Texas Bowl against Ole Miss. Uh, I'm not going to rehash my grievances against the Cheez-It Bowl. It, it, it is what it is and, you know, can't really change it now. So Tex, Texas Tech's going to be heading to Houston December 28th to play Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. Like I said in previous podcast episodes, there are some positives in playing in the Texas Bowl. You know, for one thing, you're you're staying in the state of Texas, and we, we I think the tech was able to reap the benefits of that with the ticket sales. Tech has already sold their allotment of tickets for the Texas Bowl. In fact. They released the tickets to the general public on, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday of this week, and the line was out, I think it was Thursday, the line was, you know, all the way out the door, extending all the way into, you know, Broadway area, and yeah, it was uh, obviously very successful situation for Texas Tech, and so you're going to have a really good, solid fan contingent there in Houston. And I think this is a bowl game that you you have a very legitimate shot of winning. You know, Ole Miss has not, did not finish their their uh, regular season very strong, and from everything that I can glean, they don't seem to be real keen on going to this bowl game. And so, uh, you know, these types of bowl games that are not the non playoff bowls. It really is a matter of who really wants to be there more. And I think you can make the argument that Texas Tech wants to be in this bowl more. And hopefully their, their performance on the field shows that. Because, you know, you, you still have a chance. I mean, you have a chance to get, get to eight wins, which you haven't been there since 2013. You have a chance to beat an SEC school. You have a chance to sweep the state of Mississippi in the last two years in bowl games. And so there's a lot to play for, obviously, moving forward in, in this game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, the other the other bowls um, for the Big 12, I was glad to see, obviously, TCU still in the playoff. I, I definitely felt like they deserved to be in the playoff still. You know, Kansas State, Alabama. I, by the way, I was really surprised to – I didn't know this until a couple days ago. So the Sugar Bowl is 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve this year. That's going to feel weird because it, 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 it Sugar Bowl usually is the night game on New Year's uh, New Year's Day, and so then moving it to you know New Year's Eve at 11 a.m. that kind of feels weird. But oh well, I, I think Kansas State's got a great chance to win that one. You know, uh, the the team that I think 
you know, I, I griped a lot about the Cheez It Bowl stuff last week, but you know, the team that really I think has the biggest gripe in the Big Twelve is Baylor. You know, Baylor got knocked all the way down to the Armed Forces Bowl, and they're going to be playing um, Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. They're play they they are playing on TCU's home field, and so I mean, talk about you know, penthouse to the outhouse. You go from playing and winning the Sugar Bowl last year to playing in your probably your biggest rivals back you know their their home field against a non-power 5 team and so yeah if I'm a Baylor fan you know Baylor if, if the drafting order had gone the way it should have been gone then you know Baylor is probably playing in the guaranteed rate bowl. You you know in Phoenix you're playing a Big Ten school. I think obviously a little bit better bowl bowl bid than than what they ended up with. So if I'm Baylor, probably I'd have a pretty big gripe. So the other big college football news this week obviously is the transfer portal, and Donovan Smith has entered the transfer portal. He's he is probably the biggest uh, tech player that is entered the portal um it's not a surprise to me I I I knew that at least one of these quarterbacks was going to be entering the transfer portal I'm still thinking you could see two two of them enter the transfer portal um I think there there definitely could be a a potential for that to happen um depending on kind of what uh what happens in the bowl game and, and, and also really what, what the coach's decisions are as well, because, you know, Donovan Smith being, being the one that enters first, that that doesn't surprise me. I, I didn't see a scenario where he was going to be able to become the starter again. You know, there had been a lot of talk on, on other podcasts about the fact that, you know, oh, well maybe he could be in this hybrid role where he comes in short yardage used as a receiver, used kind of as a kind of an as an all-around offensive weapon. And and that would have been cool, uh, but it it really wouldn't have been that beneficial for Tex uh for Donovan Smith. And so I get I get why he's entering the portal and you know I I wish him nothing but the best. You know, he he won some very key games in his two years here at Texas Tech uh, starting you know, and, and certainly helped to bring the nose up on this program. So, you know, a a lot of people would love to see him go to Louisiana tech and, and reunite with Sonny Cumbie. I think that'd be great. Uh, but it sounds like he is getting some interest, uh, from Houston and, and, and to me, you know, if, if he's getting interest from Houston, that would be, that's that's a bit of bad news for Tech because you're you're playing Houston starting next year in conference play, but you know I think you're if you have a chance to stay in the in the Power Five conference, you're probably going to go there, and and that doesn't surprise me as uh, either because I remember reading uh, probably mid to late October when you know they were when with this whole quarterback carousel was continuing on about. Potentially, if if these Texas Tech quarterbacks were to enter the transfer portal, how they would be rated, and I, and you know Donovan Smith specifically, um, I believe he was he was rated as a four star, um, kind of a four star uh, player to bring in, and so I I figured he probably would be a hot commodity to a lot of teams looking for a quarterback. So 
I still think that there's a chance that you might see another quarterback enter the portal. You know, there was a, you know, a lot of people talked about what Tyler Shuck said at the end, um, at the post post game conference uh, of the Oklahoma game, where he he even kind of threw the coaching staff under the bus about not believing in him and and everything. And I I still could see a scenario where where Shuck enters the portal. Um, could you could even see a scenario? You know, if 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 it's clear that Shuck's going to be the starter next year, you know, Baron Morton might enter the portal and and you know test it out. And um, I hope not. You know, um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the quarterback situation. Uh, clearly, you know, Shuck is going to be the starter uh, for the Texas Bowl, and then it sounds like he'll he'll be making a decision after the bowl game. You know. I think the I think the the plan with Shuck when he came here, you know, back in 2021 was always to, you know, play here one year, get himself some quality video videotape, video on file for an for NFL teams and then go pro and then obviously with the injuries ha- hasn't really worked out well. So, you know, eh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, he certainly came on strong uh, towards the end of the season. And, you know, I think he's a very talented quarterback. I still think Baron Morton probably has some more upside. So, you know, I, I would I would probably really push to try to uh, keep Baron Morton. But, you know, if, if Shuck stays, I hope he I hope he has a great year next year and and they're able to you know have a great run so that that's just kind of you know obviously that'd be kind of my hope at this point so um and then you you do have Jake Strong coming in next year as as your re- freshman recruit um in addition you know I, I do think that there you will probably see some sort of quarterback come out of the transfer portal for tech because you know, I think you you know you're going to have plenty of quarterbacks available, and so you 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 know, especially if you're if you're not entirely sure going into post uh, post spring spring practice play, if both those if both those quarterbacks in Morton and Shuck are going to stay, you you might see some sort of insurance pickup just to ensure that you've got you do have uh, a pretty full quarterback room, so. Overall, though, Texas Tech, you know, they have not had a lot of, uh, you know, real surprising players enter the transfer portal. It seems like the players that have entered the transfer portal are players that didn't see the field a whole lot. And so, you know, they're they're seeking to go play somewhere else where they're going to be able to make the field a lot more. So... That will be something to continue to monitor, you know, moving forward. So, be interested to see. Finally, college football news this week. You had a couple of of, of coaching hires announced. Uh, Cincinnati um, got a new coach. They've got the guy from Louisville. Uh, I believe his name is Satterfield. A little bit of a surprise, just because you know Louisville has has been firmly in the in. in in the um, you know power power five conferences in the ACC, and you've got Cincinnati joining the Big Twelve, and 
I think you will probably see a little bit of uh, – well, I'm not going to say a, a bad transition, but you're going to see, I think, some struggling from these four teams coming into the Big 12 next year. I, I don't I don't expect any of the four um, to come in and be contending for the Big 12 championship overnight. So kind of interesting that, that, that you know, the Satterfield – decided to go to Cincinnati. I know he was on the hot seat at the beginning of this year, was able to, you know, get get themselves a winning season, get themselves a bowl game. So possibly maybe he decided that this was a good this was a good opportunity to, you know, jump ship, get a get a new uh longer term contract with another team. Kind of very similar to what Tommy Tuberville did at Tech, you know, Tuberville was clearly kind of on on the hot seat. had a, had a seven and five season, you know, after a five and seven season, and you know, there obviously there were a lot of fans that really weren't big Tuberville fans after that se- third season, and and really, I'm, I mean, I remember when he announced he uh, when they announced he was leaving. Most Tech fans were like, "Good, you know, see you later," and you know. Um, Maybe that's what happened with the Sat- with the Satterfield hire. I'm not sure, but that's that's the only big one that affects the Big Twelve as far as head coaches. And um, th- you know, there might be there's there are some rumors that uh, Garrett Riley possibly could be going to A um, and M. So we'll kind of have to keep an eye on that and see what what that what ends up happening with with that situation as well. So let's shift gears and let's talk some Texas Tech basketball. And they had a close game, obviously a, a game that fans did not expect to be close against Nichols on Wednesday. And, you know, this this is this team, I I've said this before. I, I truly do believe this team has got some really great pieces. And really great athletes. It's just there. There's a lot of they need. They need to put it together more and, and get it together. You know, really even on the defensive end, they're they're having some struggles. So, you know, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna bear watching to see if they if they can put it together, and you know maybe get themselves where they can finish in the upper half of the Big Twelve. Um, We'll see. I think the good news is, you know, looking at what's been going on in the Big 12, you know, certainly Kansas, and I hate to say this, Texas are probably have been the two best teams thus far in the Big 12. Um, you know, you've had Baylor lose lose some games. You've had Oklahoma, Oklahoma State lose some games. And so it, it, this may be a situation where, you know, yeah, you're pretty top-heavy, with uh, Texas and Kansas again, though, you know, can, can you find a way to, to win, you know, take care of business at home and then split your games on the road? I don't know. Um, but you know, th- th- this, this team is still a work in progress. You know, they were out, they were without Jalen Tyson on Wednesday. And I think certainly that th- there was some effect from that. So there were some bright spots, obviously, you know, I, I thought uh, Washington had some really good minutes for 
uh, Texas Tech coming off the bench. And, and I, you know, I talked about this in last week's episode. One of the big issues that I've, I've noticed so far with this basketball team is you're not getting any solid bench play thus far and so you know hopefully you can have a Washington or you know I think Jennings as well would be a great player um you know hopefully get him off the bench and you know so we'll we'll, we'll kind of have to see what happens moving forward you've got an um, a game against Eastern Washington on Tuesday you know again this should be a game that Tech wins easily but you know you've you've got to play better than you you did for the majority of the game Wednesday you know you were able to kind of escape by the skin of your teeth um, last Wednesday against Nichols because you were able to knock down some shots. Free throws were horrendous um, for most of the game on Wednesday, and then you were able to knock down some free throws near the end to get yourself the the win. So hope, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward and, you know, see what happens. So, so let's talk NFL action. Uh, Cowboys and Chiefs, both of them were playing inferior opponents today, and both of them came extremely close to losing. Let's let's start with the Cowboys since they were the early game. So last Sunday, the Cowboys beat the Colts. I mean, they routed the Colts. I mean, the fourth quarter, they I mean they just blew the doors wide open in that fourth quarter. And you know, again, there were people thinking, "Oh, this is the Cowboys are here." You know, it, it's. I'm a Cowboys fan, but the Cowboys, people jumping on the Cowboys bandwagon is almost like Texas is back. You know, you just, it just seems like it happens every year, and then they disappoint every year. So this stretch of three games, you know, this is an opportunity for the Cowboys to pad their record. Because you're playing, I mean, you got the Colts who you routed, Houston who had who's only won one game, but you struggled with them today, but you found a way to win, and then you got Jacksonville next week. Having said that, you know the Cowboys have issues. Here's the bright spot, you know the NFC as a whole. There's really no juggernaut out there. I think you know obviously Philadelphia is is I think they're going to probably be the one seed. Um, San Francisco is looking very strong, you know, but, you know, they, they, they're, they're now playing Brock Purdy after losing Garoppolo and Trey Lance, you know, how far can they get with basically having to play a game manager type quarterback? We'll see. I mean, the, the good news for the 49ers, if you're a 49ers fan, which I'm not, but You've got every other piece pretty strong except for quarterback play. You know, they they made a I think they made a great decision in trading for Christian McCaffrey. You've got a really solid defense, you have a really good running game, and so you you've set yourself up to go, you know, I think get yourself to the Super Bowl if you're the 49ers. Again, can you do can you win can you win with Brock Purdy as your quarterback, you know he's not, and I'm not dumping on Brock Purdy. He he could be an extremely solid NFL quarterback, but he's no Joe Montana, Steve Young right now, and you're you're having to rely on him 
to get you get you to that um, Super Bowl Super Bowl land as a first year rookie. I, I you know that's a tough ask. So, but beyond I mean beyond the Eagles and the 49ers, I think the Cowboys probably are the third best team in in the NFC. You know, they I mean they beat the Vikings who's who's going to be the team that comes out of the of the NFC North. The NFC South's an utter mess. I mean, Tampa Bay maybe by default is going to win that division. But they do not look, you know, even remotely like a team that could have any sort of deep playoff run. And so, you know, is is this – could the Cowboys go to Philly, go to San Francisco and win a game? I, I, I don't know. I'm not confident in saying that right now. But, you know, you – it's not a huge gap between Philly and San Francisco – and the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens. You know, Kansas City, they jumped out to a pretty big lead against Denver. Who, I mean, Denver's, Denver is pretty horrible themselves. Um, and, you know, you thought, oh, they're going to just cruise to a victory. And then, you know, I don't know if they let their ga- their, the, the pedal, their foot off the gas pedal or what exactly happened. But, you know, you Denver, you know, came back and then ultimately, you know, they, they ne- Denver never tied it. Denver never took the lead, but that, I mean, they had a chance to win and, and you were able to make some plays, you know, Mahomes had, you know, two interceptions on the day, did not have a, his best game. Maybe hopefully that's a wake up call. You, you don't have any margin for error. If you're Kansas city, if you want to be the one seed, um, not only do you not have a margin for error, but you're you're going to need help. You're going to need Buffalo to lose a game, and I don't know if I don't honestly see that happening. So, well, there there's issues, you know, for sure. Again, you got some good news if you're if you're Kansas City and Dallas. You got you know Dallas has got Jacksonville next week. Kansas City has Houston. Again, the challenge for both teams is going to be not playing down to their opponent. So we'll see what happens. So, all right, we're going to go ahead, take a break. And then when we come back, it'll be time for listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for listener questions. And remember, two ways that you can interact with me on social media. One is make sure you are following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at The C Carp Show. In addition, make sure you are following the official TikTok of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is just simply The Chris Carpenter Show. All right, so let's jump right into it. Um, We've got a question. Oh, Orenthal, he's back. (laughs) Orenthal actually has two questions. Um, He asked one earlier in my question gathering, and when he asked this, he was in Pearland, And then he apparently has been doing some traveling. So Orenthal from Pearland wants to know, what is my opinion on the New Mexico State basketball situation? So I'm going to give you kind of the Cliff Notes version of what's been going on. Um, Back during the Thanksgiving holiday, 
there was a shooting. New Mexico State was supposed to play New Mexico in Albuquerque. And there was a shooting where one of New Mexico State's basketball players was injured in a shooting. Um, but a, a New Mexico student was killed um, by gunshot by this New Mexico State basketball player. And based on police reports, based on information, um, it sounds like that the New Mexico State basketball player, his name is, uh, I think it's Josh Peak. His last name's Peak. I can't remember the first name. That he basically was lured by this 17-year-old girl and and basically it was all planned ambushed and uh, by these other New Mexico students. And it all kind of goes back to a fight that these guys all had at the football, the New Mexico State, New Mexico football game. And so since then, the story kind of really exploded this week because – there there was some information that came out that you had three other players that had snuck out of curfew to come collect this player and they had the gun and then there's reports that there was a coach that's trying to hide the gun and it, it bottom line it's a mess if you're a New Mexico State basketball fan and to me Ultimately, I think the player peak, he will probably never play basketball again, certainly not from New Mexico State. I think it will be very difficult for him to even find a university that would that would want want him. And and and, and from all for all intents and purposes, for everything that I've read. It sounds like it is a clear case of self-defense on his part. Having said that, the fact that he snuck out, was going to meet a 17-year-old girl, had the gun, I just I think a lot of coaches are certainly not going to be keen on wanting to give him a chance. And, and 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 you know that's it's a shame obviously if you're you know if you're that guy cuz i mean a lot of this isn't his fault i mean but you know i just i think unfortunately his basketball career is probably over in college for sure beyond that um you know and, and new mexico state is investigating they've they've hired an independent investigator with all this going on and they've clearly I think if there if there's evidence of coaches trying to conceal you know the weapon all that then you know I certainly think you could see coaches losing their job um so just a pretty brutal situation and it's gonna be bare. It's gonna be bare watching to see what 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 all what all else um, ends up happening here. So, all right, we'll get to Orenthal's second question a little bit later on. Let's start with uh, Greg from Hale Center. The USA gave up the Merchant of Death for a WNBA player. What would they give up in exchange for a player like Mahomes or LeBron? Um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the Brittany Griner thing. 
you know, I, I think I've made my my opinions pretty clear about that situation. Um, I do think it was a bad decision to trade her for this uh, Merchant of Death guy, you know. Um, so who would we have to give up for Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm perfectly, let's, we could go ahead and send LeBron James, you know, over to Russia. I mean, I'm not really that torn up if we have to do that, you know, but, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know who we would have to trade for. We could send him the Unabomber, I guess. I don't know, but (laughs) yeah. So anyway, I'm not sure who we would have to exchange. Who who would Russia even want at, at at this point in time? So, all right, Bill from Crosby Ten Culver has had a bit of a resurgence in Atlanta, but his team has been atrocious. Is this his last hurrah in the NBA? So yeah, I mean, I, I've been asked this question a couple times about Jarrett Culver. Is this the last of him? Um, you know, yeah, he's he's had some really good. He's had some really good, um, you know, play this year with Atlanta. I, I think here's my gut feeling on this. And again, I, you know, I'm not an expert on the NBA. I, I really don't even watch it. But I think if Culver, you know, keeps performing well at Atlanta, then I think certainly he could he could get get himself an opportunity to get picked up by another team and get himself, um, you know, kind of in the same role he has right now at Atlanta where he's a role player for that NBA team. So we'll see, though. Um, I, I think he has he still probably has a pro basketball future no matter what. Um, the decision he'll, he'll have to make if if no one picks him up is does, does he want to pursue – playing overseas or I mean I, I've said this before I think he would be great to come back to tech and you know maybe be a graduate assistant and eventually become you know a coach in his own right so but at this point to answer the 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 question I think if he continues to play well I think he he will provide himself um, another opportunity to you know continue playing for an NBA team all right, <laughs> Anthony from Washington D.C. Will you be wearing masks this holiday season with the rising numbers of flu, COVID, and RSV? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not wearing a mask ever again. So, there you go. Uh, Vince from Welsh. Any chance we see more Elijah Fisher in the next few games before conference play begins? You know, he has not been getting a lot of playing time, which tells me that he's having some major issues of struggles adapting to the Mark Adams system of defense. I don't know. You know, I think, I think the bench situation for Texas tech is still very fluid. And, and I think certainly he could, he could get the opportunity to get some more playing time, you know, on, on the bench coming off the bench at this point right now. Just because, you know, like I said earlier in this podcast, you know, Texas Tech's bench play has, has has not been very good overall. And so I think there certainly could be an opportunity for him to hopefully get more playing time. I, I don't know. Um, my answer is it, it, it really depends. It really depends on who is stepping up 
when you give them the opportunity, you know, when, when he was in the, you know, there was some struggles and, you know, I, I would love, I would love for Elijah, the Elijah Fisher that they recruited to be the one that's on the court. But, you know, sometimes that's not always the case, uh, especially when you're, when you're recruiting, you know, and, and, and you have an expectation of people playing in, in your system, like Mark Adams has, doesn't always happen. So, We'll just kind of have to stay tuned and see on that one. All right. Bob from Norman. Is Baker Mayfield making a case for another stint as a starter in the NFL, or was it a fluke situation? My gut tells me it's a fluke situation right now. I I think probably, um, you know, what what that did do for Baker Mayfield is it probably – gave him some tape to potentially be a, you know, backup in in the NFL. And, you know, you can make a very good living as a backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you know, look at, look at someone like Colt McCoy, you know, Colt McCoy was a starter for a couple of years. He was, you know, he ended up in the cursed Cleveland Browns football organization and was a starter there. And then pretty much since then has been a backup but he's made he's made himself a very good career and he's he's come in as a backup and won games for you and i think he's going to be i think as as long as he wants as Colt McCoy wants to play he's going to be someone that can get a contract now did ba- i think Baker Mayfield did do enough to do that the question's going to be is Baker Mayfield humble enough to be willing to be a backup quarterback. That part, I think, is a, a big question mark with him. So, um, But, you know, I, I, could he end up as a starter somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I think there's not a lot of NFL teams right now. I mean, you, you're, you've got a good number of NFL teams that aren't happy with the starter that they currently have. And so certainly he could he could swoop in and sign a contract with one of those teams. So All right, we're going to finish up with Orenthal's last question. He's gone from Pearland to Post. When do the Cardinals move on from Cliff and where do you think he will go next? I think this is Cliff's last year as the coach. I think Probably when the uh, NFL season ends this year, he will be one of the coaches fired. Um, um, you know, I, the the stuff that plagued Cliff at Texas Tech has plagued Cliff at Arizona. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I think he will, be, he will get hired as an offensive coordinator somewhere. I, I think there's a lot of NFL teams that – would love to have him as an offensive coordinator and coordinator. And I think that's probably the best job for him is to be that guy. That's, that's, you know, coming up with offensive systems, offensive plays. And um, I, I think he, I think he's better suited for that than as a head coach. Now, where could that be? Um, you know, good question. Um, could he go to Denver? I think Denver's a mess in and of itself. So, I don't know if I'd go there. Um, could he go to? Could he go to the Chargers? That would be kind of an interesting. You know, I read a report today that 
Sean Payton would only be interested in two teams, the Rams or the Chargers, become head coach. Um, there's rumors and wind in the wire that the Rams job could become open, that you know Sean McVay has some sort of media offer on hand to go into the booth. So you could you could do, you know, put Sean Payton and Cliff Kingsbury on the Rams. The Rams aren't um are gonna have some struggles the next few years because they, they don't have draft picks. Um the Chargers I think could have the a little bit more of the brighter future because you've got a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. So could, you know, Cliff go over there as the offensive coordinator? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um what if Eric Bieniemy finally gets a head coaching job? Could you sh- could you shift Cliff over to Kansas City? I kind of like that. Um, I think beyond that, you know, could could go he could go to Jacksonville. I think that could make sense if you're wanting to help the development of Trevor Lawrence for sure. Um, but I, I think he's going to get his picks. I'd lo- I would love for him to go to the Cowboys. You know, let's exit Kellen Moore out <laughs> and have Cliff come to the Cowboys as an OC. So you have Cliff as the OC, Dan Quinn as the DC, and then just, you know, Mike McCarthy get out of the way and don't make decisions, <laughs> you know. So I, he's going to have options, bottom line. And and I do think his he's going to stay in the NFL. I don't, I don't, I would be shocked if he went back to college at this point. So, all right, we are going to go ahead and take a break. And then when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And my tip of the week has to do with getting getting rest you know um this is a certainly a time of the year that people can allow themselves to get really overstressed about things you you really need to continue to take care of yourself take care of your health and one of the best ways you can take care of your health is through getting a good night's sleep um, there's a lot of stuff going around, flu, COVID, RSV, as you know, Dr. Fauci in my last, in my questions uh, segment was yapping about. But one of the best ways you can prevent getting sick is, you know, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, you know, and that's one of the best ways to prevent illness. I'm really, I'm really convinced that when we forsake sleep or when we don't get the the amount of sleep that we should, those are the times where your immune system is at its weakest. And when your immune system is at its weakest, that's when you have problems. So make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. All right. So here's the plan. As far as episodes, I will be recording um next saturday night it'll be a late uh well not late saturday night but it'll be into the evening um i'm traveling next weekend and so i'll record a regular episode next saturday i've got another special surprise for y'all that next week that next wednesday so uh you just got to stay tuned make sure you're subscribing to the chris carpenter show whether it be on apple podcasts 
Spotify, Amazon Music. And by the way, I am now available on Alexa devices. So if you have an Alexa device, all you got to do is say, Alexa, play the Chris Carpenter show and it plays this show. So if you've got an Alexa, you have another way to listen to me. So we will record a normal episode next Saturday. And then you've got a, I've got a special surprise coming for you that Wednesday. And, you know, um, I'm probably not going to record Christmas Eve. I may record New Year's Eve. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. So I'll, I'll let you know my decision next week um, with, with that situation. So, but anyway, um, hope everybody's got a, has a great week. Teachers, there's a lot of you teachers that get to get out this Friday. Hang on. Okay. And if you don't get out to December 23rd, your district sucks, quite frankly. Um, mine gets out the 16th, so that's good. Anyway, I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter Show.